This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen Podcast. I'm Poonam Verma. Starting off today, I'm going to find out about the best burger in the UAE. We're also going to be talking to the ladies behind 3 by Eva. It's a family business and you know what they say about working with family, but it seems to be working very well for these three. Also, a brand new restaurant has just opened in Dubai and Courtney Brand is back with all the latest food news. Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. So I have a completely full house today and I'm putting mics up left, right and centre. Hang on a minute, let me just stretch over and put this one up. There you go. So in the house today, or should I say in the studio, we have Ola and Tarek from Kachina del Sol and Sultan and Kinder from Thanos at 8. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hi. Hello. <laughs> we could Good start a here. chorus line yeah. with this. <laughs> this is great. Okay, so we're here. Now, uh, Sultan and Kinder have been in before. They started a supper club called Tana Sun 8. And the reason they're here is because they have won winner of the best burger in the UAE. And get this, the third best burger in the whole wide world. That's crazy. It How is. long has this competition been going on for? Well, uh, we started the competition uh, right before summer. So Kachina Del Sol, you yeah. guys yeah, started So we, yes. we launched the competition, so the search for Dubai's best homemade burger. So this yes. was the first time you've done it? Yes. yes. Okay, so you put it out there to all your little foodie friends. And we had no yeah. clue who was going to respond. And what we happened? We put it on Instagram and then we had And then all, everybody, all, the friends started yeah. saying, you know, uh, our friend does the best burger. So they, the friends, the community started tagging everyone. We know who does the best burger. And some people just signed up anyway. And we got around... 28 contestants. 28 okay, contestants. what was the prize? That's what I would ask first. Well, the prize was a golden ticket to go compete in the World Food Championship in Dallas, Texas. And, and how long has that competition been going on in Texas? So that happened back in November where we were in, in Dallas uh, altogether. Okay, so you guys here at Tano State have won. Are you allowed to tell us what is there a secret ingredient? How, why was well, there so delicious? I mean, I'd like to start maybe from, from the beginning. When Ola and Tarek Cucina del Sol announced the competition... It's not our specialty burgers. I know. And it was it was Ramadan. Things were slow. So I looked at Kinda and I was like, you know what? I'm going to join for fun. And I can yeah. only learn and grow through the process. You know, when you do something for fun, the yeah. pressure's not on. And that's usually the best way. True. Exactly. True. And, exactly. you know, when we saw him participate, we looked at each other. We're like, this is really interesting. And, <laughs> you know, we, we know how great his food is. And we're like, OK, uh, we, we, we're going we're gonna to see him, how he's going to evolve in this. <laughs> so yeah. we had, yeah. like, big expectations. And of the funny thing is, they asked for a photo of a burger. Yeah. And I just looked at, like, my past <laughs> photos from one of the weekends with the kids. I uh, made a couple of patties. <laughs> and I sent it to Tare, and Tare's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, just put it on. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, burgers isn't his thing. Yeah. You know? so, 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 so what made this burger so special, Kinder? Honestly, like to watch him grow and evolve into, you know, the burger that he actually made. It's, you know, you think of a burger and it's so simple, right? I yeah. mean, what could be so complicated about a burger? But really, there is so much detail that goes into it from the different cuts of meat to the type of cheese to even the positioning of the onions, let's say, when you're actually sandwiching the bread together and even the bread you use and as well. the specific bread that you use as well so really to watch him grow through that and evolve through that was so inspiring especially because he really started from scratch with this burger so you see you may have won third 
burger in the and in the world, the best burger. But I can't even vouch for that because you didn't even bring it in. I know. So you're, you're I making know. me tell everybody, but I don't even know. So you need to send me one for sure. For sure. But who came one and two? Who came first and second in Texas? So the winner was a gentleman from Texas. There you go. From oh, down, from, I mean, it's like we're keeping it in the mainland. Yeah, yeah. One, and the second was the somebody from French, the French team. French team. Yeah, yeah. but I mean. From the UAE team, now that's amazing because we're not really known for the best burgers around the world. And there are 30 competitors out there, each of them winner of their respective states or countries. So you can imagine going in, you know, basically through 900 people who had competed to get to these these spots. And we had, we didn't have the expectation. We were going to have fun. We said we were just going to go have fun and... It just shows the the level of quality and food, understanding of food in the sure. UAE can compete at the global totally. level, right? And, and totally. that's, I think, the biggest message so, to take away. So, Ola and Tariq, you obviously tasted this burger. Tell me about yes. it. Honestly, it's excellent. Why? I can have Why? It. Tell me. The what? flavors, the flavors, the, the, first of all, the meat is insane. The bread is so good. By the way, we f- they flew the bread. <laughs> they took it through Emirates. <laughs> <laughs> everything about the sauce is like so good it's a punch in the mouth it's it stands out and uh this the is not jam, fair the cheese, it's, it's i so really good. want to taste this burger now <laughs> but honestly you have to taste it live because even you know you so, have yeah. to you have to come and taste so it. so where can we taste it so we've been doing a couple of pop-ups together, uh, Kashina Del Sol and us, uh, for the burger. We're going to be announcing some more soon. And what's going to happen is I'll be opening it up to the public. Uh, something is in, in the works. Uh, so stay tuned. Uh, Can you just not make me one next week? I'm here. Just deliver it. <laughs> just one for me. Do you want to do a pop-up next week? Yeah. Maybe on the 27th. Maybe we can do it here. In the <laughs> yeah, yeah, we should. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about um, Kachina Del Sol because you're a food community incubator. I know yeah. about Tanas and Eat. What about you guys? What do you actually do? And I think it started during the pandemic. It started in, yeah, during COVID. Uh, he, was kick, he was cooking a lot. I was taking lots of uh, Korean courses online. So we, this was just like a passion you were it both was cooking? A, it was a passion. We were, you know, bored and he started searing steaks and, you know, he made a mess of the house and I kicked him out of the house to the garden. Yeah. Okay. And uh, he didn't like the idea that he didn't have a kitchen set up. And he's like, you know what? Bring me your, uh, you know, I had an events company, bring me your team. And we built this kitchen. Uh, this kitchen that was supposed to be a mud kitchen and turned out into full-fledged <laughs> kitchen that's bigger than our kitchen oh wow and uh and then it attracted some foodies some chefs we started hosting events in it for a full year it was invite only by the time the year was over everybody that was following us would you know would say okay fine we want to come and taste the food that you've been uh, rolling out for the past year and sultan did a spanish night with us as well we did a barbecue night italian night a burger bash night we did like lots of themes and um a year later, we took out some of the, the, you know, the chefs that we've been working with for the past year to the desert so that the community can come and taste the food. So we did our first desert event, yeah. then our second and our third, and it just kept on growing from there. And um, So is this something that you guys do full time now? Because 
No. no. It's, no. I mean, uh, Ola does it full time. I'm, I've got a full time job. You, you just cook a little bit on the side. I, I describe it as driven by passion and appetite. Yeah, which are both unstoppable, right? Well, you're all, all four of you are smiling, so you're all fed well. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. I can yeah. tell yeah. you look good. But are you doing more competitions? I was reading. There's more competitions yes. on the way that you guys are creating. Yeah. So, so what else is there if someone's listening and they want to join in? So the so, so last year so that the, the burger the battle of the burger basically was the pilot for kind of this food what we're calling food sports yeah uh, and we partnered with the World Food Championship so you know so we kind of have access to that golden ticket so this year we're rolling out probably four categories so another battle of the burgers where this time Sultan will actually be on the judging panel instead of the competing panel. Well, well, right? he, he's a winner now. He doesn't yeah. even yeah. need to compete. Uh, and then we're doing this uh, the rice and noodle category. Vegetarian so, one. Hang on a minute, yeah. rice and noodle. Yeah, what, so you just, I can cook rice. But is it just rice or anything it's, with it? I'm confused. No, like, I mean, you have to compete. Yeah. I you can cook to, Indian well, chicken and rice. You're, you're in then. That, that no. works. There you go. Uh, and then dessert. Oh. And vegetarian. Vegetarian. Right. And, bar- and barbecue, I'm, actually. And barbecue, 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 barbecue too. Like, I'm, I'm pushing for an open sandwich so yeah. that all the the pizza community can participate. Yeah. What, a, cool. what about all the vegan lot out there who are like... What a, There's a vegan category. There's, There's a, a vegan sure. category yes. too. Yeah. And um, how, do you pick, how did you pick the judges uh, for this a, category? That's a, that's a good mm. question. So basically, first of all, there's a, there's a judging uh, methodology. methodology called EAT, which is uh, execution, appearance, and taste, mm. and the scoring that goes against that. Yeah. And the panel of judges, and this goes back to what Thanos was saying around kind of the caliber of... Uh, du- the Dubai the food scene. palette is yeah. very yeah. I mean, we had, elevated, we had very like elegant. The, so on the <laughs> other side of the table were the best cooks, in, the best chefs in Dubai. I mean, like... Wow. Yeah. How did you got them involved? They were yeah. all involved. Yeah. And they were, they were very, again, talking about the, how supportive the community is. Mm. Everybody loved the initiative and everybody was on board. It was just... It was yeah. lovely to see that everybody I mean, was chefs really like excited. Reef, Urfali, uh, you know, like the top chefs in Dubai. You you were judged by the top chefs in Dubai. Yes, yes. yes. That's yeah. a big thing. And I built a good relationship with them over time, which yeah. is great. I and mean, it, it brings everybody together, yeah. which is... I wanted to say one more thing about this competition in Dallas. Uh, something we... I mean, I'm not sure if we knew or we ignored, but all the other competitors that participated in this were chefs, previous uh, winners. winners. Uh, we were the only one that rolled out a competition, uh, you know, Come home, sh- not not burger that's not on any menu yeah. or restaurant. Yeah. And I can guarantee you there's probably people out there who don't even know anything about the UAE when you went there as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. they were all shocked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the way from Dubai. Yeah. <laughs> so and now a, they all want to come to Dubai. Yeah, oh, yeah. all want to come, yeah. Well, yeah. it was funny, that there was, there's a, oh, what's the place called? I can't remember, I don't know if it's a burger place. And Drake invested in it. And they recently opened a couple of weeks ago. I can't remember the name. They didn't even, the owners didn't even think about Dubai. They didn't know anything about Dubai. And someone found them and said, you need to come here. So it's educating people about what's happening here. But it's happening. I think social media has helped a lot with, um, you know. What about you guys? Tanos at 8, what's new with you? What's happening over Christmas and the new year? So we we have uh, a holiday menu over uh, over the Thanksgiving and then now the Christmas period as well as New Year's. So it's one that we've done, um, I think, in the last uh, th- uh, three years, now three mm. years in a row. And just every year, we would just 
uh, double the number of turkeys that we'd be sourcing to meet the demand. It's just, you know, I think the culture for the holiday type menus is growing uh, significantly in, totally. in Dubai. Mm. Uh, supper clubs are ongoing, pop-up events uh, like the ones that we're uh, engaging in with Cucina del Sol, you know, the platform that they've created. Yeah has been a blessing uh, for uh, food entrepreneurs like us. Yeah, and you know what? I really like the supper clubs because I went to one recently and there was only eight of us and we all have stayed in touch now. And and I like that atmosphere. It's more intimate. Mm -hmm. So are you still holding a lot of supper clubs in the new year? Yes, we were in November. December, we slowed down a bit. January, we're picking up uh, full, full, full on. So we'll, we'll be announcing some dates and, you know, we'd uh, keep it limited to 10 to 12 people, like you said. Uh, and just the, you know, bringing the people together in a place like Dubai is always uh, beautiful to see because it's just everyone's so busy, everything's so fast paced. And, and we're always just, hungry in this town exactly. anyway. We can eat. And what about you guys at Cucina del Sol? Are you welcoming more people or is it mainly chefs and food bloggers? And, or can um, the public come? <clears throat> No, the public can come. So the basically the burger pop-ups are open to the public. Okay. <laughs> if they get it. No, I was saying I'm I'm talking about yeah. your back garden with your new yeah, kitchen. Yeah, yeah. Can we all yeah. come there? Yes, you oh. can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's we, we, uh, the, the burger pop-ups were actually in that's our kitchen okay. where it all yeah. started. Yeah. So where can people find you online, both of you, Tarek and Ola first? Instagram, uh, Instagram. at Cucina del Sol. Yeah. And you guys, uh, yeah. Tanos at eight. Tanos uh, Instagram at eight. as well. Okay. And if you guys want to know more, just text me on four double zero one, and I'll send it to you. So thank you so much. Um, I'm so happy that you won the best burger in the UAE, but I don't know if that's true because apparently... <laughs> I have one here. I have one right here. <laughs> yeah, you do. I haven't tasted it, but I will go with what you guys said. Thank you, guys. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai I 103.8. So restaurant owner and TV food host Eva Halasa has come together with her two daughters, Lillian and Amelie, and have launched a very successful place, which I visited with my mum about a month ago. I was passing by and I thought, oh, I've heard of this place called Three by Eva. And it's a homegrown Jordanian restaurant in Dubai. And when I popped in, I have to say it was jam packed. So they must be doing something very well. And they are with us now. Ladies, welcome to the show. How are you? Good. You, you know you should have been in the studio. Why are you on Teams? Well, because it's a full house right now. It's a full house. And it needs, our, yeah, it needs our undivided attention at the moment. Well, I needed your undivided attention, but... <laughs> if you come here, we can make it up to you with a knapping. Well, definitely. Well, I was there a month ago, and I have to say, when I did come in, I did meet Mom, and obviously... Who else did I meet? Was it Emily? Okay. Yeah. And what I did notice about you guys is um, you would go from table to table. You chat to everybody to see how everybody was. Eva, is that something that you wanted to create to make everybody feel at home? Well, I wanted the place to look not commercial and I wanted to people to feel like home. Because everybody here, his mom not here, maybe in another uh, place. Yeah. So they feel they are coming to their mom's or sister's place and they're having a nice warm uh, dish with a family vibe. This is what I wanted people to feel, honestly. That's why I go there and check them because honestly, this intimate time, people, they feel special when you go and say hi to them. They feel they, this place, it's not commercial. It's really has something um, 
special about the experience. And, and I think it's nice when you walk into a place and you know the person who owns it or the people who are running it too. So let me ask you, Emily and Leon, what's it like working with mum? Oh boy. One by one. by one. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's start one by one. What are the really good things first, Emily? You know, honestly, I mean, you know, when we first started this concept and started opening the place, mom said, um, we said, okay, so we're going to name it three because three is the three of us. Three is because it's third generation. So a lot of the recipes are grandma's recipes, um, but we served them in third generation style. And three is because we specialize in sourdough, which is made from three ingredients, flour, water, salt. And then she said, why do you guys want to put by Eva Halase? We said, are you kidding? <laughs> like mom has created such a base over the past 15 to 20 years ever since we came to Dubai and she is actually the brain and gem and I would say like the, the face of the brand the, the face of the brand the name of the brand she's very credible in the F&B industry yeah. and we look up to that and we actually want to achieve that and we want to um, basically add to what she has worked on for the past 15 years. Sort of like continue the legacy. Yeah. Um, but if I were to say one of the biggest challenges, I mean, we live together and we work together. And for those who are familiar with FMB, I mean, you're talking about 16 hours minimum a day I know. at work. And, you know, that's, that's, yeah. I think that's <laughs> the, the biggest challenge, at least in the beginning, was setting, I want to say, boundaries in the sense where each one has their own role. And, and I think this is why we have sort of a, a successful recipe to what we do because we don't really uh, um, overstep over the other person's uh, role in that sense. And we kind of share the same vision in that way. But do you know, um, when you get home, do you know when like sometimes you just got to stop talking about work? It was, a bit, Hell no. <laughs> it was a bit blurry in the beginning. But like I said, once we put these ground rules, I think right now things are kind of being set in the right place. And, you know, I think we find or we found the right recipe to, to sort of have that synergy between us at work and at home. So but I mean, anyone that owns a family business knows that yeah. it's never it's nonstop. Yeah, totally. Whether you're at home, whether you're outside, on vacation, you're constantly thinking about your baby in a way. It's your communal baby. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so how often are you guys at the restaurant? Are you there every single day? Yep, it's home away from home. Oh my! So when yes. you get home, do you just take food from the restaurant? You're thinking, yeah, I'm not going to cook. Especially now, if you come, we have our Christmas tree there. Oh. We do our Christmas lunch there, and everything. We meet our friends there, our relatives there. It's yeah. our home basically, and we love it because we have the passion. You know, we don't mind it. So what is happening on Christmas Day? Are, are you like open, or are you spending Christmas there, or what? We are open and Christmas Day and Christmas Eve and New Year and we're not charging anything extra from anyone. They can come to their home, to their place. And we will be there to celebrate as well. there with them and to enjoy no extra charge, nothing. And we will do home comfort food for everyone. So what we're actually making on Christmas Day is like a miniature turkey. So a mini kind of chicken. Yeah, instead of like the turkey itself. Yeah. So we're making a daily dish, which is like a um, miniature chicken that is stuffed with a bit of like Arabic rice on the side to have that Arabic twist with it. Oh, yeah, amazing. and the big dip is it's for catering. Already flying tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so, what your food is it based around Jordanian homemade food with a twist? Yeah. 
So basically our food, you know, like with the Levant food, a lot of similarities go across the countries. But when it comes to what we're specialized in, we are specialized in Jordanian food, which means a lot of the dishes are like, for example, like the mensaf, like the frike, these things are... Um, staples in Jordan. Um, so these are things, even the mensaf, all these. These are things that, for example, why we specialize in them is not because we're, it's only Jordanian, but for example, the base of the yogurt of the mensaf is made by my mom's cousin in Jordan. Like all these things are made by ladies around. We support a lot of houses, and this is this is what we are about. We're about supporting everyone around you so that you get this plate on your table at the end of the day that is just you know. Yeah, um, I did. I did read about that. <laughs> that one of your cousins makes some of the sauces, and and a lot of women in Jordan do that for you. So t- so. I've tried the food and I loved it. Tell us about the signature dishes that we should try. Because you did tell me last time I was there, Eva. What would you recommend? Well, for me, I love mensaf. I love it, especially the first day of New Year. We have to start with something white. I love the lamb, the tender lids of the lamb. And when you cook it in the yogurt, it has this uh, sourness yes. yeah. uh, and with the rice i love this really really this is i recommend everyone to try this dish and um, most of the dishes they you know people have different tastes and we get uh, feedback most of the dishes they like especially also every day we add daily dish yeah different we try to add daily dish and all related to my family, my cousins, my aunts, my mom, me, myself, uh, I cook it every day. So I want it to feel homey. We don't want three to look commercial. Yeah. We're not about um, this look. We want people to feel, oh, this is our home. Uh, and even I feel I meet a lot of young people like my daughters they come and they say oh my god we feel like at home we miss our mom so we want to come today my mom she's not with me i want to spend the day here this is so touching for us everybody finds a mom in eva oh totally do you know what was funny my mom was here we call her big mama yeah my mom was here for a month and eva you met her because i i brought her to the place and i would take her i would take her on shoots for the show and one of our technical guys came over and he and he bought her a beautiful of water and he said I miss my mom and you're here today and I feel like you're my mom and I and I totally get that Aww. yeah I know I totally get it um I want to ask Lillian and Emily do you guys actually cook at all like mum uh, <laughs> let's let's let Eva answer that uh, yes. <laughs> no the answer is no no one cooks like mum <laughs> you know so, what I look I mean growing up I was more of the cook and let's say sous chef of Eva and uh, Lillian was more of the critique Oh, I the food see. critic, the music, the musician, you know, the entertainment. The entertainment <laughs> the so, I uh, one thing I noticed is when we were there is uh, you do focus a lot on freshly baked stuff. There was uh, great bread, sourdough, and there was pastries being literally baked on a tray and given to me. That where did this whole sourdough um, come from? Is that something that you focused on before, Eva? No, <laughs> no, no. no. This is uh, Corona Bless. Ah, <laughs> oh, the Corona so Sourdough. 
Corona, what she means by Corona bless is I lived in Australia for four years and I was meant to stay there. So I actually worked in French bistros there and managed cafes. And I actually learned how um, sourdough is actually so beneficial and it's so good. Um, so I only moved back here because of COVID. And this was the this was the Corona bless. Yeah, yeah, no, but also it was one of those breads that everyone was cooking. Do you remember there was a coffee? Oh, there was yeah. a bread during COVID. I was oh, like, yes. even I thought I'd try and learn it because it is very good. But the way it's fermented and everything. And what about the pastries? Are they very traditional kind of Jordanian Arabic pastries as well? These are the pastry of my mom, the recipe of my mom. Yeah, and it's well known in the Arab all Arabic world but we do them in a small bites i created she used to do them bigger and in molds my mom or by her hand i created the small bite of it and no added sugar and we use a good ingredient of uh, dates and pistachio and walnut and um, this uh, traditional yeah we can say traditional during Eid and Ramadan and all these festive. We love them, especially the kak with Yanson. I think you guys took some of that and you tried it with your coffee. Like that, yes. Cookies. It's just and you know, I bumped into a friend there and I said, oh, what are you doing here? She goes, I come here just for the coffee. It's so good. I was like, can I get a coffee? <laughs> Literally, <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I said. Um, well, how long have you been open? I think it's been a year. And a year and a year months. And yeah. you've, yeah. you've amassed, um, you know, almost or over 60,000 Instagram followers. That's very quick. How important does social media play a part in attracting uh, new customers? She is the boss. <laughs> Look, I think I think it's a good uh, channel to sort of communicate. Everybody's on social media right now, and I mean, we all know the effect that it has, uh, whether on business or, or you know personal life. Um, and uh, we've been able to connect with many people uh, through that. It's been so far a good way to get our message out there, to communicate, to connect with other people, and it's helped us a lot. Um, social media is one thing, but also the branding and the image of what we represent matters a lot. We talk a lot about the food and the recipes and the cleanliness and the simplicity behind that. And I think this is what people can relate to the most. But at the end of the day, what we sell is is love and, and you know, sort of the, the connection that we have within the family. And I think this is one of the biggest reasons why People love to come to this place a lot because it's not just food that we sell. It's the experience for you to become part of our family, yeah. you know, and, and we grew up uh, having these values. And this is something that, you know, we, we want to put out there. I will definitely be back. Um, for sure I think it's an amazing place the food was great and I still have the rest of the menu to try so I just want to say thank you so much ladies I'm, I'm thank sh- you I'm so sad you didn't come into the studio uh, you're thank you <laughs> it's alright next time next time but make sure you bring your mom as well okay? yeah I, no I'm going to get your mom I'll give. I'll use your mom My yeah mom. I'm going to come there you, we don't share her by yeah the exactly I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what time I'm coming and I'll rent her for that time and she can sit on the table with me <laughs> I want to tell you something and I want everyone to hear this on your radio that is such a bless to have your kids around you working with you in a business and I think God will bless this business more and more because the energy of the family together and the bound we do together it's uh, you cannot describe it I totally agree with you there's nothing like family and it's Christmas time so I am so happy that you both work 
all together and you're doing such a great job. And I wish you guys all the best and a very merry, happy Christmas, ladies. Thank you. Merry Thank you. Christmas. Merry Christmas. Take care. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai I 103.8. So when it comes to eating out, we are seriously spoilt in this town when it comes to choice. And if you like me, you like to check out all the latest places. Well, I have one for you right now. It only opened about three weeks ago and it's called... Bar Bar Freestyle Kitchen and Bar. Yes, there's three bars in that title. And the man behind it, Pervez Mohammed, is here to tell us more. He's the co-founder of Bar Bar and the CEO of PRG Global Restaurants. How are you doing, Pervez? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me here. I have to ask you about the name. Why is there a Bar Bar Bar? Is it like a black sheep? <laughs> no, not really. Uh, actually, the first chapter of Bar Bar when we had opened up in 2017 was yeah. uh, Indian Gastropub. So the name Barbar in Hindi means uh, again and again. So we wanted to the meaning have a repeat. I like it. So that's why it was Barbar. Barbar. Yeah, yeah you got to say with the Indian accent. <laughs> yeah, Barbar. <laughs> I was saying it Barbar. Okay. So what is the idea behind the concept of the new one? Like how different is it to the other one? Because was the other one like an Indian gastropub or something? Yeah, the first one which we had was an Indian gastropub. Uh, which we opened in 2017 and had to close our doors by 2020 after the pandemic hit us. And uh, Why did you close it? Just lack of customers and it was difficult to keep running? Uh, lack of customers, certainly, yes, uh, because it was more of a nightlife product and it was a gastropub. And with the restrictions with the government, we had to limit our audience. Mm. Uh, that was A and B. Obviously, we couldn't sustain the business model then. So we had to close our doors. What was that like for you guys? Was it really stressful? Uh, more than stressful. More than stressful, I would say. Because you are in the F&B industry, right? You take care of other, you have other projects, other restaurants. We were talking off air. It, it's really challenging. Oh, it is very challenging, you know. But what happens is like uh, when you're on your entrepreneurial journey, uh, everything looks fancy. Oh, but, uh, and they make, when, it, they make it look fancy too. Yeah, they make it look fancy too. And for us... Uh, we have to live in reality at times. So after 2020, uh, the pandemic, I would say that we couldn't sustain the business model at all. And it took me, me and my wife and my whole team at least two years to come back again. So now we got an opportunity in 2022. And yes, we are back again. And uh, again, we couldn't do the same kind of concept that we had with the previous chapter. Mm. That's why we're calling it chapter two. Mm. You know, there's a very famous saying, uh, uh, life is a story and we need to edit it often. So yeah. this is how we have edited the whole brand and come up with chapter two. So coming back to chapter two, it is more like a, now uh, it's a diner. It's a diner restaurant with a, in a lounge format. So it's an ultra premium kind of a restaurant what we have created, not a gastropub anymore. Okay. Now I hear you're quite a foodie and you're pretty hands-on with the menu creation. So um, have you always been a foodie? Oh, Always. That's the only thing, you know, being a <laughs> restaurant. That's why you got into this industry. That's what me, especially me and my wife got into this industry. Like uh, we are not from the uh, F&B background or we have not uh, done any hospitality management. Let, let me ask you, were you guys just eating all the time out and said, listen, why don't we just start our own uh, restaurant? Yeah, exactly. That's how it started. <laughs> that's how most of the dreams start, yeah? I, I think to be sometimes successful, you need to have the right palate. I think we are not good at uh, uh, cooking. But we can say we have the taste buds well. So you're good at eating but not cooking. And absolutely not. Oh, I'm not wow. good at cooking at all. <laughs> <laughs> so what will we find on the menu? Like how involved are you? Uh, very much involved. Uh, like when it comes to menu planning, I'm totally involved with the uh, chefs. You know, 
everything everything right from the picking up the right produce the right kind of uh, recipe management you know totally involved in it what kind of food and cuisine are we going to find here uh, this time you know what we have done is it's nothing uh, different but we calling ourselves also the tagline has a freestyle kitchen and bar so what do we mean by freestyle is we are taking up three continents you know mixing up the recipes yeah. you know and doing some fusion so as rightly said fusion means fusion not confusion oh <laughs> <laughs> i like that yeah. that's my cooking what i do for me freestyle confusion is i open the fridge and the cupboard i'm like what is in there and then i make something from it that's how yeah. i love to yeah. cook yeah. that is that is also one of the usps which we're going to launching up very soon maybe uh, mid jan or something yeah. where any customer comes in and says that today he feel like having a paella a spanish paella so our chefs are there to cook it for you you know well, yeah. anything which is out of the menu that is what we mean by freestyle as okay. well so what your heart desires today yeah. you know we can cook it for you awesome what is the, what is the signature dishes that we should try uh i would say You know, I'll give you my favorites. Yeah. There are lots of signatures, but I think you should really try the Atlantic sea bass, the fish. What we have uh, done a marination of a uh, Indian Kashmiri chili, you know, and we have grilled it up in the Hospa grill. So that is one of the signature items you really need to sh- uh, try over there. And what about desserts? Ah, uh, desserts, panna cotta, the evergreen <laughs> panna cotta, simple. <laughs> your your face just lit up then when you were like, yeah. oh man, uh, panna cotta, yeah. the panna cotta. So what about the whole vibe and the feel of it because for me one one really big thing when I go to a venue um if I walk in if I'm not feeling it if I don't like the music um I walk out music's a big thing for me and I remember there was a restaurant on Wassel Road I won't mention the name I walked in the whole venue was lit with red lights and I literally I couldn't eat in there it was so like how can I say Amsterdam style it just <laughs> wasn't it wasn't right Yeah. And I had to leave. So what kind of vibe have you created for us there? Uh what we have done uh we have taken some elements of uh chapter 1 of Barbar. So chapter 1 design uh, was all about industrial design. You know the previous Barbar was all about industrial design. It was industrial design bar. Yeah. So what we have done is with this new location uh we have taken some elements of the industrial and converted into a very chic format, you know, very sleek. Again, we have red, but the red is white rich with some gold you know and you're uh, warning me in advance <laughs> yeah warning in advance because you mentioned about red but it all because the the kind of ambient lighting we have got you know the state of uh, our technology we uh, we have invested in different light of lightnings and things like that which creates mood which creates uh, creates a some kind of subtleness we have but then you also have like dj nights oh, yes, te- so i can i get it in that atmosphere oh absolutely yeah we have a, a lineup of entertainment we have dj's we have going to be having live bands we're going to have jazz we're going to have uh, world entertainment uh, like again i'm coming back to chapter 1 chapter 1 1 was all about indian the desi you know the asian feel but this time it is global entertainment we are also looking at kind of Afri- afro africans you nice. know french looking at everything and as we are in a new territory at jadaf which is absolutely a new area i was going to say exactly where are you located and we are located at uh, jadaf at occidental hotel yeah yeah so that's completely a new area a new territory i would say so we are one of those new brands or restaurant or what we call ourselves uh, where we are targeting an entire new cluster okay well i'm i know that you've done this with your wife this project what's your life working with your wife Oh, it's wonderful! Good. I, I I just cannot imagine. Like today, she was supposed to come, but then last minute she said no. She's not. She won't be able to oh, make it. Oh, I'm so glad that because sometimes it can be tough working with your partner. Uh, not really tough, uh, but yeah, we have our ups and downs. It's not like that. Yeah. But 
I cannot live without her. Oh, that, that, that's a reality. I hope she's listening right now. And if, I hope. If she's not, we'll download it on the podcast. You can listen to it later. <laughs> okay, Proves, thank you so much. And tell everybody again where th- the, the name of the restaurant, where they can find it, if they want to come and check it out. Uh, the name of the restaurant is Bar Bar Freestyle Kitchen and Bar, located at Occidental Al Jadaf. Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. Miss Courtney Brandt, how are you doing? And Merry, Merry Christmas. Uh, a Merry Christmas Eve, Eve to you. I am doing quite well. I love Dubai this time of year. You do? I do. You don't miss the cold and the fires, places, and I, the woolly socks like we've, Helen? We've got the weather. We've got no traffic. It is the exceptional time to be in this city. What are you going to be doing over Christmas? What's your plans? Because you, do you cook or do you just eat and critique? I No, I do cook and I do eat. Uh, this evening, though, uh, I'm getting together with some other foodie friends. We're fortunate enough. Karna at SLS is sending us a turkey. So no, no cooking for me. <laughs> I need to be a food blogger. Let's get everything sent. So who, so you're going out with your little foodie? little, yes. little You all hang out together, we you do. buddies. We do. We call ourselves uh, the bon vivants or the bonbons. But here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Does it ever get competitive? No, we're we're. This is why I love my group. We're super supportive. I think we all cover our own little piece. We have our own opinions. Sometimes they agree. Sometimes they disagree. And it's just fun to get together. Yeah, because I, I mean, we, me and Dan were chatting about you as well last time he was on, and I know that Dan's really harsh, and sometimes he never gets invited back. It's true, and um, you know, I think maybe, and this is not a blanket statement, but you know, if you're inviting a food person to your restaurant, be it PR or chef, you know, I think you need to stand behind your food and then accept the criticism that might come back it's always constructive he's not going to sit there and not have reasons to have those opinions just like me or just like anyone i mean i just think speak your truth i mean i'm on the radio i speak my truth i just sugarcoat it so i don't get chucked off radio (laughs) that's all you need to do it's called being diplomatic politicians do it all day all right now let's talk about um food news yes uh we've got something going on on tiktok where everyone is trying caviar are these rich people or these average people these are pretty average people so this is um there's a tiktoker and i am old so i'm not on tiktok uh, danielle matson is is credited for giving the kind of uh this where this trend has come from but if you think about it caviar is luxurious snacks are functional so putting caviar in like a potato chip or a crisp or whatever you guys want to call it. It's a little bit of luxury. I love it. Yeah, Treat but, yourself. But, but okay, I mean, caviar is known to be expensive, but I'm sure you can get fairly good priced caviar too, but the quality won't be as good. Am I right? That's correct. So so what's the minimum cost you're paying if you want to try the snack? I was looking this week at Maison du Four, and I think you should be prepared to pay, you know, kind of, at least 250 and upwards yeah. um, for the tin. And the tin is going to, you know, so many ounces or whatever. So it should be a treat. This is not a luxury. This is what, what a luxury is. You don't get to have it every day. But if you want to put it on potato chips, be my guest. Or you can uh, do a substitute, get a can of tuna, be a seven dirhams. <laughs> These are food hacks by Punam. <laughs> so, so what about you? Do you like caviar? Have you tried it? Do you know what? It, this is one of my Christmas traditions. My husband and I always have it on Christmas morning. Like it's our one time oh. of year we have it. Yeah, it got started. Um, um, Astor. Uh, there's a there's a number of caviar places in town, but uh, Amstor got us hooked on their um, their version, and so that's what we do. Uh, and what do you have it with? Um, oh, I usually go the traditional, the blini. So you have the blini and the sour cream. You can do, you should or could do chives and then you can put it on top or you can do, this is the correct terminology, as a bump on your hand. Oh, yes. <laughs> but aren't you supposed to use a special spoon to eat it? The caviar spoon, mother of pearl. It doesn't break down the oils. I think it's the oils in the caviar and the pearl in the spoon. Like they're, they're, you're getting the maximum taste of the caviar. 
And and you finish it, wipe it all out on Christmas Day. Yeah. It's only like four ounces. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you do this once a year. True. Yes. Okay. All right. Then there's a little tradition because we're talking about Christmas traditions. I told everybody in, at our hometown, I was saying everybody jumps into um, a lake and it's like three degrees in Birmingham and they're all in bikinis and everything and they jump into a lake. They collect money for charity. This lake is not crystal blue water. It's not the Maldives. <laughs> it's grey, muddy. And <laughs> everyone does it like 10 in the morning. I'll stick with my caviar. Yes, Thank you. Your caviar is so much more posh than Birmingham. <laughs> okay, uh, let's talk about Grubhub. I haven't heard of Grubhub. Is it a US food delivery service? It is. It's like our Deliveroo Uber Eats. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And um, what they've done essentially is looked through and, and tallied up the numbers of what is the most popular item to be delivered. But, but have they? is this in America or some particular I, city? I think, I think it is... Overall, wherever Grubhub operates, I believe that's Chicago, the collection. Chicago, I think. Okay, I yeah. think I have a feeling Chicago. Okay, good one, yes. Correct me if I'm wrong, I, Grub, I don't think Grubhub fans out there. <laughs> so what do you think the um, the big item, the big ticket item well, is? Well, this is what I was trying to say. I mean, if it's Americans, I'm going with pizzas and stuff, which is, I know, I shouldn't say that because I'm sure they have taste in all different cuisines, but I'm going with pizzas. Okay, the answer, the correct answer, pizza's on the list. Pizza's number three. Oh, Burrito is number one. Cheeseburger is number two. Oh, I was going to say burger. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say burgers. Okay, but I think that's quite obvious because yes. it's America. <laughs> I'm not insulting Americans right now. I, I don't, don't mean Do you to. know why? Because our, we, are, we operate in the two and three spots because it's pickle or high joint for cheeseburgers and for cheese pizza. It's pit fire. Yeah. And that's, and I'm American. Like I am, I'm living into the, to the exact standard of my country. <laughs> in this region, it's probably biryanis. <laughs> yes. I would love, you know what? Um, friends who are at Deliveroo in the UAE, tell us, tell us what it is. Yeah. What's your, what, yeah, for sure. Okay. Now, um, are you part of a cult? Because the cult label, Courtney, Dan, all of you out there, is being attached to the entire restaurant industry. And I think they're taking you guys with them. What is going on? It's, so this was an article in Eater, on Eater, the Eater website. And essentially, if you break down what a cult is, <laughs> anything can be an identity. So look at people who really enjoy Starbucks. Like, it's part of their identity. They go there. They drink it. They have the stuff. I don't right? like Starbucks. I don't okay. either. <laughs> Okay, so that was an that was an example that doesn't apply to us. But here we're we, not it, part of that cult. No, but if you look at some of the media this year, um, there's a television show called The Bear. Uh, there's a film called The Menu, and they're kind of going into these stories of how people. I want worship is the wrong word, but you know these personality cults maybe around particular chefs or certain restaurants and kind of attaching an identity to that. Like I'm the person that you know this is where I go and this is what I like. So. Yes, in some points, I think you could use the word cult, uh, cultish, maybe. Cult but, they're not, but, then, but then aren't all of us a little bit cultish? Don't we all have our tastes? Perhaps, perhaps. In every industry, it doesn't just have to be food. Yes. So I'm, you know, I, I am known as a foodie, and that's, I don't, I don't think people, I think they can see the different parts of my personality, but foodie is a big part of my persona, you know, looking for fine dining, supporting uh, restaurants and chefs. That That is a big part of who I am in my work and, you know, in myself. I always get confused with food bloggers because when I see, uh, you know, Courtney's um, Instagram, I mean, she's always at these beautiful places. Her pictures are amazing. But I'm like, do you work out, you food bloggers? We do. We have to. Uh, people have different, like, I know people that will do, like, intermittent fasting, and they, like, will not eat the whole day, and then they will, like, break their fast to have these big meals. Oh, that's not good. I, I you know, just try, I've got my dog, I walk, walk her twice a day, try and work out a little, and then just choose my meals, you know, what what is, not what's worth the calories, it's always worth but, it. But I'm kind of thinking, to be, a, like, a serious food blogger, you shouldn't really stress too much about how many calories you're taking in. No. 
no. you can't you, you would lose your mind yeah. if you did that and yeah. i don't i don't i don't think about i think that the chef is going to take me on a journey and that's why i'm there so i'm not going to sit there and go oh you know if i have this it's this no okay so courtney what are some of the latest food trends that we can look forward to in 2023 i have a feeling they're going to be weird though they usually are, and so you're exactly right. I see, and this is not me personally making these predictions. These are articles I've read. So mushrooms and everything is, is one that well, I've is read. That, is that because a lot of people are going vegan? So mushroom burgers, mushroom yeah, pies. More, I, you know, in town, I think you guys might have had the Below Farm team. We did, yes. And how much fun. Okay, so I had one at home, and it was better than an advent calendar. So for anybody <laughs> who's looking for a weird, awesome, trendy gift, it's the mushrooms from Below Farm authenticity not shortcuts i don't know how that can count as a trend and, but there and, that, you go. and that's in people not just food as well guys <laughs> out there just uh, yes agreed mm-hmm. um pasta alternatives so things like um you know you can make spaghetti out of like zucchini and things like that oh yeah yeah sure uh nostalgic food a return to maybe you know things from the past do you know, do you know what it's really weird something just popped in my head when you said that um we used to have well, i think they still do um beans and sausages in a can yeah. do you remember that I do, that was, I do. we used to my mom when we used to go to India because we were little and we weren't used to eating a lot of just Indian food too much we were like four or five she'd take cans of those in the suitcase for us and I always that always reminds me of being a kid I can't eat it as an adult for some reason but as a kid I can your mom sounds I just imagine because like those are not like those are heavy right yeah. so she's taking up luggage yeah. with these little tin cans and we get through like we could get through two a day I mean it's a lot <laughs> and a final one Speaking of tinned items, apparently tinned fish is going to be quite trendy. Yeah, but you see, I like tinned fish. I like you, you get a lot of fish in oils and stuff and in little the metal kind of, you know, you peel them back, those kind of cans. Yeah. So what do you mean they're coming back? Have they, I thought they'd never gone. I, something about, I, I don't know. And I think it's the packaging. When I was in Portugal early, earlier this year and they're known for their, you know, tinned fish but every little package you know sardines anchovies like it was it just looked cool um which is to say that packaging works on me yeah but the flavor (laughs) lasts long as well it's Mm -hmm. really good in that kind of flavor okay so um anything else uh no i think that's about it that's about it okay so i hear that dubai now has more restaurants per capita than new york i'm not surprised i i actually thought we had always been higher um and it is an interesting it you know makes you think because our population is not as big as New York. And so it means as diners, we have more choice than almost any country or city in the world. How many restaurants or cafes do you think we have now? So the number I've heard thrown around recently, I was at a Dubai tourism uh, event, is 13,000. Um, I had previously heard nine, and I assume the nine yeah. was for many years ago. Yeah, I had yeah. 10 as well. Yeah, yeah. that so makes sense. It's, it's a lot. So when you think of anytime you go out and you're supporting a restaurant, there's a lot of other restaurants you can support with your yeah. dorms. There's a lot of competition, though. There's it's a tough, lot. man. Yeah. Okay, now I... One thing I really love is I love food and travel shows, especially when they combine them together, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorites recently, and it's mainly because of the person who's presenting it, um, is Feed Phil. I love Feed Classic. Phil. He's amazing. And he's, and he's just so into his food. I don't know how he doesn't get fat. Anyway, but he's really good. Um, but apparently, you're telling me that food shows are getting a little bit weirder. In what way? I, I guess like that there's just maybe more ingredients, more things that we haven't uncovered yet, more things yeah. we haven't explored. There's like more what? like fusions, right? Like things that, you know, maybe shouldn't go together, but do go together. But do you think this is because they're running out of um, ideas for food shows? 
I, I there's been so many spinoffs, and I you know I have my core group, which is Top Chef and Master Chef, that I love. But yeah. then when you look on you know Netflix now, you can see make it a snack, make it healthy, make it you know whatever. There's just it's it seems like we could just keep going. So there's one uh, that you know they have the Chef's Table on Netflix. Yes. Okay, the, I don't know which one it was, but I was watching it, and it was a man in Jap- Japan who wanted to open a pizza place, mm-hmm. which is just you don't do that in Japan, right? The way he made this, it was like watching a samurai at work and the and the just concentration that went into it. It made me order a pizza and it had to be artisanal pizza. That's how... Influenced. I was totally influenced, <laughs> totally influenced. And also the other day I was watching a movie based in Italy and they ordered a bambolino. Yes. Oh, incredible. So here's me. It's 10.30 mm-hmm. at night. I'm like, what is a bambolino? What is, I've never... I've been to Italy many times. Yes. It's an Italian donut. Mm-hmm. I went on to Google and I went, Bambolino, Dubai. I found a place. I ordered it. It came at 11.30 at night and I ate it. Tell, can you tell the, the listeners? Now I, now I might go home and do that. It's called Lenulu. I want them on the show. Okay. It is so, so good. And I'm giving them free publicity. <laughs> but this is the kind of city we live in. If I want a Bambolino and I've never heard of it, I can get it at 11.30 at night. Best city in the world. <laughs> Best city in the world. Okay, Courtney, <laughs> thank you so much. And we'll see you again soon. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. Make sure you tune into Farmer's Kitchen every Friday from 2 p.m. You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.